I'm Amanda Connor. And I'm Jimmy Palmiotti, and you're listening to Real, Real Nerds, Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Oh, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2016 and beyond. I am Ryan, and with me is my son, Kellen. You're supposed to say something, buddy. <laughs> That's good enough. And hey, Brad, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good. You're feeling pretty good today, huh? Yeah, I got a headache, so. Yeah, awesome. Maybe you need more sleep or something. Uh, maybe, yeah. I did get home at like three last night. Damn. So. I, I got, uh, when I was at Bass Pro Shop today getting, um, a flashlight for school, I got bacon bark, so I have chocolate covered bacon in there if you, uh, want to try some. Is that standard police issue? Chocolate bacon? <laughs> <It> totally is. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I was like, nice. I, I just felt like I had to get it. Um, <laughs> it sucks because, um, you know, they can't hear it in my voice. Maybe they can. I've lost 46 pounds in the last, like, two months, and um, I miss not being able to eat stuff like that. So, like, I get it, and I eat, like, one piece. I'm like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> and I also got a salted caramel uh, moon pie. I saw your post on that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds amazing. So, yeah, that's that's what me and Kellen are out, getting stuff for school. Got some new uh, race cars for him. Um, He's going to school already, huh? Yeah. He's super smart. He's got a hippo um, thing that helps your headache, I'm sure. Oh, it's really easy to concentrate and talk <laughs> to you while all this shit's going on in front of me. Right. Uh, every week at Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw, along with everybody else, Jurassic World. Um, stay tuned for the end of the show. We're going to review that movie. We'll also spoil it. So if you haven't seen it, very unlikely, and um, you want to know about it, make sure you listen to the trailer and then stop and go see the movie. Um, we also talk about movie news, um, Blu-rays that are coming out, comic books, um, box office numbers, all that good stuff, what we've been watching. Um, but I'm going to start this week with letting our fans know, uh, to repeat, that you will be going nationally with Jean-Claude Van Damme's damn van at the KC, I always forget the second part, Fright KC, Fest. KC Fringe Fest. Fringe Fest. You wish it was a Fright Fest. Make a horror film for your next one. Yeah, we'll see. Because, I mean, that's what you, that's what you should do. I mean, that's all the cool people are doing, really. If you're going to do it, it has to be like a really to, uh, new and original like, idea. I know you have to make there's it like so many. Up. Yeah, there's so many done already. Like, they just pump those out weekly. Like, people make horror films like crazy. <laughs> I just don't know what else I could do. 
what else I could bring to that genre. Now you'd have to think about it. You know, you could do it like a <laughs> like a found footage film and make it that you really never see anything and people think it's the scariest movie of all time and then you'll make millions of dollars and that's <laughs> all you need is people just to be make act shocked about something that's happening off camera. Yeah, and just have furniture fall over. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what paranormal activity <laughs> is. And then just have at one point someone come in and stare at you and then, you know, make the camera loop really fast. And there you go. Perfect. Perfect. Um uh, Zach Eastman sent us a tweet. I'm just going to mention him real fast. And he said that he's not going to see Jurassic World until he hears what we have to say about it. So, Zach, you're going to have to stick around for about an hour. And we'll let you know what we think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I just Zach, don't wait there. for other people to make an opinion for you. Find yeah. out for yourself. Do it for yourself. You'll be all right. Um, you know, I, I skipped this segment last week. and I feel like an ass. This is what's playing this week at the Alamo Draft House. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mitz-Bloss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Last time I saw you, I played it cool. Now someone's been I'm right telling you right up front. Burn off your cell phone. Don't talk. Don't text. Don't build a birdhouse. Don't be a foley artist. Quit asking your girlfriend what she had on her salad. Okay, is it your living room? you talk or text during the film, I will punch you. You can fly them to the arm and then go cut their tongue out. Have a good watch. Bye. All right, I said what you want me to say. Will you release me now? Can't believe I skipped that. Oh, you let them down. I did. What a piece of crap. You just jeopardized our ability to get a Real Nerds Presents show there. I know. By skipping one week. Um, piece of shit. Speaking of what's playing at the Alamo, July 9th, Brad's birthday, is um, <laughs> also going to be uh, open screen night yep. at the Alamo Draft House. When do people have to have their film submitted by? July 2nd. July 2nd. And the reason you have to have it submitted instead of just walk-ups is because now it's in like a corporate theater, so they have to... <laughs> basically set up their whole system for it so yeah make sure that you do because it's not brad running the projector this time it's nope. um alamo it, yeah um we'll be running the dvd player but yeah but you have to get everything set up for them. yeah you know because they because uh, the cool thing about the alamo it's an actual movie theater so when you're there you know they have to schedule programming around it that's why you need mm -hmm. to submit it so they know how long they need and you'll also get all the great um, drinks and food that the Alamo offers, and you get to see some great Colorado yeah. um, films. We've actually already got about 40 minutes of content wow. submitted, so uh, we that's have to fill good. two hours. Um, that's another thing about it is like the Oriental, because um, they're not like a movie venue. You could get we could get away with like people submitting in DVDs that didn't work, and we could also like choose how long the show mm -hmm. was supposed to be. But the Alamo, like they have two-hour movies um, over and over, so. You know they gotta fill that time, or um, or and we can't go long. So that and they need to know. I mean, and also too, being at Alamo, someone could walk in off the street and be in oh open screen night, and they see what it is, and they buy a ticket and go in there. So yeah, um, I think it's a great exposure for you guys, and having you on the board has definitely helped that. I uh, I'm actually working on the uh, trailer for open screen night to play before movies. Oh, cool. Uh, today and then uh, I hope the posters in there already. I know. You won't do anything to the phone, but Brad's weird, buddy. I don't have $800 to replace it, buddy. Uh, either do I. He chews on this phone and throws it down. It's still okay. <laughs> Same phone. Um, anyways, at the Alamo, the Alamo Kids Camp this week is Mary Poppins. That's lots of fun. I don't think I've ever seen that on the big screen. Have you? 
No. Maybe I have to do that. Is that weird? Me showing up to the kids' camp with no kid. <laughs> Why would you show up without your kid? Oh, because he's only nine months. You want him to sit through a three-hour-long musical? I don't know how, how big of a Disney fan you really are. Damn, dude. Getting right <laughs> to it. Uh, the craft dinner is Ravenous with Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, which is a really cool kind of hybrid horror comedy about cannibals. It's one of those movies that slipped under the radar. It's really good, though. Um, the action pack is Mall Rats with Oscar Blues Beer. That's yeah, it's 45 bucks. Yeah, you get, but you get the movie, and you also get a five-course meal. So. That, that is pretty sweet. I, yeah. I wish I could go. Yeah. Um, Science Friction is 12 Monkeys. I was never a big fan of that movie. It's really popular, though. Mm. Terry Gilliam, you know. Yeah. Enjoy. I saw it once. Yeah. Right. Uh, Mile High Sci-Fi versus The Fast and The Furious, which is the fourth one, which is horrible. Um, all the other Fast and Furious, I don't mind, but the fourth one is really bad. Even Tokyo Drift? I haven't seen it, so I don't oh. count it. And no one else really counts it, so I don't <laughs> you know, count it as part of it. Um, and the action pack is the Way Gay Sing Along. Um, I'm not sure what music will be there, but I'm guessing Madonna. I understand why they call Streisand. stuff like the action pack and then they put musicals in. Like, you uh, think it'd just be Schwarzenegger and Stallone movies? It must be, like, the name of the things that do it. You know, like, the people that do it. Might be yeah. the action pack. I, I don't know. Liza Minnelli. All that kind of <laughs> stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Boy George. George Michael. See, um, Barry Manilow. What other? Liberace. Liberace. <laughs> We're being very... Um, uh, stereotypical of gay people. Britney yep. Spears. I, I don't know what else they listen to. Everyone from Glee. <laughs> All these gay people are listening like, dude, we listen to ACDC, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, what do you want to start with this week, Brad? Uh, what's, uh, it's weird because we're doing this on Sunday, but mm-hmm. uh, next week's box office total is going to be way more interesting than this week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can, we can do, do both. We can do both. Can All right. Do box office? Do it. Cool. This is the box office stats. I actually debated about whether including that in the news today because it is pretty big news. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll go with the one that doesn't really matter. Last week, Spy was the number one movie with $29 million, which, you know, $30 million for that movie is not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the big news, though, today is Jurassic World did $204 million. <laughs> double its projected. For double its projected. And I had a feeling that it was going to do pretty well when we went, we went and saw it Thursday. And the theater was pretty full. Yeah. For a ten oh five fifteen showing, I forget. Yeah. And on a Thursday. On a Thursday night. Yeah. And uh, my only thing is, is that um, people are really nostalgic about Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and and people still love dinosaurs, and seeing them on screen, I think, is still a cool thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm still shocked how much money it made. I'm really shocked. Um, but they marketed it really well. I mean, I think all the little um, teasers they put on TV were really well done. I guess it's also the highest grossing fourth movie of anything. Yeah, you know? I, I did read, too, just before we came on, that it is the highest grossing movie of all time worldwide in one weekend. It's something like $511 million. So it's already at a half a billion dollars in three days. Yeah. But, I mean, worldwide releases are so sporadic. It's just mm-hmm. like that's not something that is easy to do. I, yeah. How do I, I don't explain it. Like, no, it's just – you're right because um, – when they do a worldwide release, it doesn't like Australia doesn't always get it that yeah, first week. Like or, uh, Age of Ultron hasn't opened in all the markets yet. Yeah, I think it's still it's July. It opens everywhere else around the world. Yeah, so we'll see how well it holds up comparatively. Um, so they got lucky, like that. Yeah, they released it in all the right places on the same weekend that America got it. And it's so funny, you know, we were saying we've said this for the last couple of years. If you release a good movie, people will go and see it. Because I was reading that um, some box office analysts and movie 
studio guys were like, oh, wow, a movie in June did really well. Yeah, if you put movies that people want to see, people will go and see them. Just like Captain America in March or April or or Fast and Furious, I think, was April 7th. If you put movies that people want to see, they will go see them. Mm-hmm. There's no rhyme or reason behind it. Just because you think people won't go and see it doesn't mean... I mean, what's the... People's uh, lives are more, like, And you're more connected yearly. now, I think, yeah. Yeah, like, back in the day, everyone was kind of on the same schedule. Now mm-hmm. everyone's like, works nights. Like, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people aren't the nuclear family, so... Yeah. There's just, like, people can go and do anything, like, anytime they want, really. Yeah. So... And that's, you know, I think, too, when you have a movie like this and you put it out on a Thursday, you know, a couple showings, it gets people talking about it and it gets the hype built up. Or it can also have, you know, the inverse of that, too. If the movie's not good, then it could backfire. But Mm -hmm. um, if you get people excited, then I think that's all you have to do. Uh, And I was reading, too, that it's uh, 3D ticket sales accounted for like 55 percent of its ticket sales. Which is a huge, huge. You know, we saw it in two D, but I actually kind of think I do want to see it in three D. I want to see an IMAX three D yeah. bad. I do. <laughs> like, uh, stay tuned for the review. But I, yeah. there's just, it feels like a movie that needs to be seen. And I'm not a big three D movie guy. I can and watching the two D, I could tell which which sequences were engineered for three D. Yeah. And I'm just like, hmm, I kind of want to see what that yeah is I, about. Yeah, it didn't play well in 2D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I felt the same way when I was watching it. I was, and actually, when I was driving down there, uh, I said, man, they have an IMAX 3D showing at the exact same time. But by the time we g- I got there, because I was working, like the line was huge for the IMAX 3D. So I don't know if we would have had optimal 3D. Maybe the Colorado Boulevard one. I mean, if I, yeah, if I'm going to do IMAX 3D, that's where I'm going to go, because all the other ones are half, half IMAX. I wonder, uh, maybe next Saturday afternoon... No, I'm working. Sunday afternoon. Maybe I'll go see it in IMAX 3D. That'd be sweet. Um, yeah, so Jurassic World, lighting the box office on fire. Um, and it's just fascinating. I love, to looking at how far movies fall and see how well they hold up. Um, Mad Max and Age of Ultron still hold up really well. They're still both in the top ten. And then you see other movies just plummet <laughs> mm-hmm. because, well, they're not good, but... Yeah. Um, it's just fascinating to me. I wonder how well... I mean, the thing is, too, if you think about it, even if Jurassic Park loses 60% of its business, it's still like $87 million next weekend. Yeah. Which it might have a hard time even doing because Pixar Inside Out opens out next weekend. So, or they could have two really huge movies. Well, see, I'm not hearing a lot of people talking about their anticipation for Inside Out. Really? It's I mean, getting, I heard it's good. Yeah, getting re- it's getting reviews, great reviews. But, I mean, those are industry people. I don't hear mm-hmm. people on the street... That's true. Talking like yeah. you know the thing that's Pixar though they always sneak up on you. Oh yeah, you know it's uh, and I, I I've seen them and I think the movie looks really cute and funny, but every time I like, oh, I don't know, and then I always say oh it's Pixar. Come on, dude. Yeah, really, you don't know. My favorite you, example you know. is like uh, we were trying to find a movie to see my birthday, and then like at the time Ratatouille was out, <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to see Live Free or Die Hard again, but I was like um, yeah we already saw that and we saw Ratatouille and it's fantastic, and I'm like why did I even doubt I know like it's... that as a choice for. It's weird when you think yeah. about it, you know, it's got to get over that thing. Cause for, I don't know. Maybe I just don't watch enough. I, one, I don't I don't watch TV very often, but um, maybe I don't watch enough with kid programming. So I don't see too many trailers for those. That's and the true. trailers I always see, it's always, you know, Disney's Pixar, Inside Out. And it just shows like a little clip. So maybe I'm just watching the wrong stuff. I don't know. See, he, he's good now. All he does is play with his toys and punch things out um so i'm gonna say this is maybe 
80% my fault. But uh, the other day, I was in the shower and I came out, and my wife had my laptop sitting on here on a towel. I was like, what are you doing? She said, oh, Kellen spilt water on it. So I left my laptop, like, I guess on the table. But my wife didn't know that Kellen took the water glass that she had and spilt it all over my laptop. And I tried it, I so tried it today, dead. and it does not work. When you plug it in, it goes... So I don't have a laptop, and that makes me really sad. We didn't have any important files on there, did we? I don't think so. <laughs> no. No interviews that I didn't edit no, on there? No, you have all the interviews. You just haven't put them up yet. James has all the interviews. Uh, I was told that you have the George Jaunty, and it's just not up yet. Is that the only one that matters? Because I'm pretty sure I, there's like 10 that are missing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I but, don't have all the interviews. Well, maybe maybe it matters to me. <laughs> uh this is what, this is the. We gave people like twenty of them. Give them a I, break. I know, and they're really popular. We did well. Um, they're funny. Even even yours with Matty O'Connor is yeah. is funny. Good. Uh, I wasn't sure. Yeah, no. I actually, like, if maybe you, I don't want to release this one. You know what you should do? You should put them like all in one block because they're really funny. Matty block. Yeah, because I was listening to them all, and it. <laughs> I guess I should have just put them as like one giant four hour <laughs> file. Mm. Oh, well. Yeah, what are you going to do, right? Uh, this is uh, what's been happening in the world of cinema. It's real news! Uh, I forgot to mention this last week, and I forgot. I can't believe I did this. Um, Betsy Palmer, who played Pamela Voorhees in Friday the 13th, passed away. You didn't say that last week? No. I thought she died on Monday or something, though. Did she die on Monday? I thought she died last week. Well, well, yeah, but like we recorded on Sunday, so. No. Uh, anyways, she passed away, and um, I'm going to give you some more work. This is my favorite scene from Friday the 13th. You can find it on YouTube. Um, this is when uh, Betsy Palmer is talking to uh, Alice about what happened to Jason. Did you know that a young boy drowned the year before those two others were killed? The counselors weren't paying any attention. They were making love while that young boy drowned. His name was Jason. I was working the day that it happened, preparing meals. Here, I was the cook. Jason should have been watched every minute. He was... He wasn't a very good swimmer. We can go now, dear. I think we should wait for Mr. Christie. Oh, that's not necessary. I don't understand. I am Jason. You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. Where's Mr. Christie? Oh, I couldn't let them open this place again. Could I? Not after what happened. Oh, my sweet, innocent Jason. My only child. You never paid any attention to what you did to him. 
you did to him? It's like, I just love the scene because she, she has one of my favorite horror movie lines ever where she says, you see, today is Jason, uh, today is his birthday. Oh, God, what is it? Wow. I, you know, really I can't know believe I, I, I totally <laughs> messed it up. And uh, you guys just heard it and it's great. You see, today is his birthday. Um, but anyway, she's talking about how Jason died and she's really great in the film. And I love watching the special features with her because uh, have you ever listened to an interview with her? She's really funny because she needed $10,000 to buy a new car. Oh, I did hear that on Hollywood Babylon. Yeah, when she when – oh, is it on Hollywood Babylon? And she uh, – so she said, oh, this movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> but she needed $10,000 for a new car and got – and she ended up – you know, it gave her basically a second uh, wind as an actress. And, um, and she's really funny on interviews. If you have any of the Friday 13th, she's always on the special features being really funny. And so, yeah, so one of the uh, – Big horror icons passed away. And speaking of horror icons, another one passed away this week. Oh, yeah. Christopher Lee also passed away. But not only horror. He he got to start, you know, uh, in kind of a sci-fi horror thing being Dracula. But later in his life, he actually uh, became equally popular for being in Star Wars as Count Dooku and in Lord, Lord of the Rings. Of the Rings. Yeah. So he is a very versatile actor. And he had one of those commanding voices that you always really liked, you know, and you believe that he yeah. was. He uh, sang death metal. <laughs> yeah. So he was just a cool actor. And he, I mean, he acted, he was in the last Hobbit. So, or maybe the second to last, I forget. Um, but he was, he, yeah, he was he, there fighting that whatever shadow thing. Yeah. So that was the last one, I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So <laughs> acting all the way till he was 93, a hell of a life. I mean, he was in so many, things um i can't even name them all those are just some of the big nerdy ones some bond movie uh, he was a bond villain gun, i think yeah yeah he was like one of the first like really sinister bond villains um he just had that cool voice where you wanted to cast him as a villain and i think i thought he was great in the prequels as count dooku and um yeah so another another great actor who passed away so two horror icons have gone off to the nether realm um, I know you're really sad to hear this news, Brad, and I'm really sorry. London Has Fallen, the sequel to Olympus Has Fallen, has been moved to January of 2016. Oh, why? I know. Originally October. Um, I think they're reshooting the ending. I, don't know, I didn't read the article. I just saw they're that They're reshooting image. the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's whatever. Did you like the first one? Um, I'll probably never watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was entertaining, but it's... You know, it's one of those things. Where it's Did like, that okay. come out before or after White House Down? Before, because remember, that one came out and was really successful, and White House Down didn't make as much money. Mm. So, what are you doing, bud? Be careful. He's going to try and hurt himself. He's going to totally eat shit. He's going to smack his chin on the table. Please don't fall. I mean, that bruise is from your mom, so... I got to keep up the streak of not having him fall around me. Um, this isn't really movie news, but it's really cool. Have you seen the Wally Lego set? Yes. <laughs> it's like the coolest thing ever. I've already spent 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> is that how much it is? I didn't see how much it was, but I just saw them like the video of it. Um, I think it's only available in Britain or something first. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. And they're going to, they translated. It'll probably be about 40 bucks if it comes to America. So, um, Yeah. But I, I I was drooling. I saw that. It's like, I'm still getting this. 
I love that uh, Lego um, is like accommodating to like let people send in stuff that they build. I know, and isn't then that the turn them thing? into sets. Yeah. I know the Ghostbusters one they're coming out with was a fan built one. Mm-hmm. My um, Back to the Future DeLorean yeah. is one. And that just shows you how creative people are and how well Lego embraces that creativity amongst people, and they should. And that's why I think Lego has been so successful for so long. Mm-hmm. And the Wally one's just awesome. Yeah. I thought of you today, too. I was at Toys R Us, and they have a remote control Wally there. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have him? I just I thought of you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, that's, it was really cool. It's not really movie news, but I thought it looked really cool, so nice. whatever. Um the Hateful Eight is coming out on Christmas. I thought it always was, but they're talking like it was a big deal. And also in 70 millimeter, so. I heard it's uh, only coming out in 70 millimeter on Christmas. Really? Like, everyone who wants to see it in a regular digital has to wait a few months. Oh, yeah. I know it comes out in, Jan- like, the middle of January, mm-hmm. otherwise. So it looks like they're trying to get it out for Oscar stuff. Uh, Jay Barenthal, who is Shane in The Walking Dead, has been cast as the Punisher in season two of Daredevil. Um, I'll talk about more of the Punisher later on in movies we've been watching. Um, so maybe the fourth time's a charm with the Punisher. I don't know. I think it would work great as a TV uh, yeah. character instead of like a whole movie surrounding him. I think, uh, I think what's hard with the Punisher is the movies try to make him a hero and he's really not a good guy, even though, I mean, he's killing bad guys, but he's not, he's like the definition of an anti-hero. I mean, he's still murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll see. I think it'd be interesting to have Daredevil take him on because I always thought that'd be pretty cool. Or maybe the Kingpin's going to hire him to kill Daredevil. Yeah. That makes sense for the Punisher. And he's a great actor, so I think it's a good casting. Um, Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig are making a Lifetime movie, and it's called A Deadly Adoption. So I don't know if it's supposed to be played seriously or if it's supposed to be a spoof of Lifetime movies, but it's really coming out on Lifetime, and they've already put out a teaser trailer. Hmm. So... I can't imagine Will Ferrell's taking it seriously. And Kristen Wiig. Yeah, I'm confused. Like, is it actually coming out on Lifetime? Yeah. Or are they just, like, parodying no, no, Lifetime? It's coming out on Lifetime. That's so weird. It's so weird. I, it's, it'll have to be something I watch because I just don't, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, the other big news I, is uh, Homer and Marge are going to separate for one episode. <laughs> oh, is it for one episode? I, I'm guessing. I... Well, then they've they've done that before. I know that's what I mean. I, they made it seem like it was a permanent thing. I was I know. like, why after twenty seven years would you, would you try that tactic? I think they're just trying to get people to talk about it. I mean, they also are going to kill Bart with Sideshow Bob, but well, it's going to Halloween episode, and it's a Halloween episode. He's been killed in a Halloween episode before <laughs> too. So um, yeah, I don't know a Simpson who hasn't been killed in a Halloween episode. <laughs> um, my favorite is when Homer um, eats a forbidden donut and he goes to hell because he dies, and he's. Uh, the devil says, oh, you like donuts, do you? Well, you can have all the donuts you want. Ah, ha, ha, ha. And so he starts eating them. And then they do like a time uh, swipe. And it comes back and Homer's eating all the donuts that the devil has. And he still wants more. It's <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, that's uh, news this week. Cool. Yeah, exciting. Anything worth buying on Blu-ray? Funny you should ask. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, Chappie is coming out on Blu-ray. I will not be buying it. I didn't see it. I don't know. No. Uh, it's maybe my biggest disappointment of the year. Oh. Um, you putting that bag over your head, kid? Uh, hopefully. 
Um, Laura's like, yeah, he bumped into things, but you let him suffocate in a bag. <laughs> yeah, what's worse? <laughs> it's okay. I, I took CPR um, this last okay. weekend. I'm good to go. Uh, yeah, there's actually this really cool set coming out, though. It's called um, Something Something, and it has all three of his films. Um, mm. The Neil Bloomkamp, I don't even know what it's called, collection. Yeah. But it comes at like in a digipack that folds out, and it has new art in it, and it looks pretty sweet. But uh, I don't care enough about Chappie to get it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's. Does you already own District Nine and I do. I, bo- oh, I own Elysium. both District yeah. Nine and Elysium. You don't so need it. I don't need it. But I mean, it's really cool looking. Because if Chappie was better, then I would consider trading in those two and getting that one. Um, but Chappie's not good. Uh, I, if I were you, I would rent it. I know people that do like it though. I have people. If it comes on Netflix, I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, the Chappie's cool in it, but everything else is stupid. And it feels like the ending of the movie should have happened like midway through the movie, and they should have continued with it. I don't know. That's just me. I'm not a I'm not a screenwriter, so what the fuck do I know? Neil Blomkamp, Blomkamp said it himself that he's like, yeah, story wasn't really my focus <laughs> on that movie. Yeah, you can tell. Uh, the Lazarus Effect, which I did want to see, uh, is the Olivia Wilde one where she dies and comes back. Um, I'll see anything with Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Um, because she's a great actress. <laughs> She's very talented. She's very talented. Uh, Run All Night, which was a Liam Neeson movie, is coming out, which is actually, I thought, pretty cool. It had uh, one of my favorite scenes of the year is when him and Ed Harris are talking in the diner. You didn't see that one either, did you? You were busy at that time. Yep. (laughs) Because I think these movies came out like... If I didn't see a movie with you guys, I'm sure it was because I was doing something. Yeah. That's a loud one. Fuck. (sighs) You just can't stand not being the center of attention. (laughs) He's not even... He's just playing by himself. He's being cute. Um, so yeah, run all night. Um, I'll wait till it's six bucks and I'll get it. Cause it's a cool movie, but yeah, okay, yeah. Um, it's like I did with wa- a walk amongst the tombstones. I what did I buy it? Oh, I bought my TV at Best Buy and I got um, like a thirty dollar Best Buy gift certificate, and that was like ten bucks. I'm like, sweet, I really don't have to pay for it, even though I bought the TV, so I kind of paid for it, <laughs> but I really didn't have to. And that's how I feel about Liam Neeson movies sometimes. They're fun. <laughs> uh, for James, Newsroom Season 3 is coming out. Actually, speaking of Liam Neeson, uh, at Trivia this week, they had um, one of the rounds was in like two minutes, uh, write down all of his high, like his eight highest grossing movies. Mm. Um, and I was surprised how many movies like aren't huge blockbusters that he's in. Like it's, yeah. It's like Star Wars Episode 1. Um, mm. Taken. What? Taken. That that aren't taken. Oh, movies. that aren't taken. Yeah, sorry, I forgot to put that mm. qualifier in. So yes, yeah, episode one. one uh, I think the third one, Schindler's. It's like the third one, Schindler's List. Well, yeah, but I, that's not even like a blockbuster. No, I mean that's a hard one to watch though. I think. Well, yeah. I mean, I think everybody likes it, but it's not like you go and see it in the theater and you say, "Man, I got to get right back in line again, and see yeah. that again." Um, yeah, like the, I think Dark Man just edged it out. But, yeah, I think Dark Man made like thirty million. Um, oh, and also like not voices. So like the Lego movie would be like mm. after Star Wars, but you can't do the voice one. So, um, but I was yes. I guess I should have checked the list before I brought this up. But I can't <laughs> but, even think. But of another it is interesting because you yeah. think how popular he is now. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Newsroom season three. I've never seen an episode, but James really loves it. Oh, nonstop was one of the like in oh, the top. Ten, yeah, they made a hundred million. Top eight. Yeah. But like, did that make a hundred million? Yeah, I thought it did like fifty. Hmm, that's like a hundred million. Yeah. Okay. Well, I watched it again. It was pretty fun, except the ending. The ending sucked, but yeah, you know, can't win them all. Um, tentacles, 
double feature with Reptilicus is coming out from Scream Factory. Um, whenever they have those double features, usually they're not the best movies. And I'll always look up on like IMDb what their ratings are. I think Tentacles is 3.7 and Reptilicus is like 2.6. So if they're that low on IMDb, I'm probably not going to get the movie. <laughs> but I'm sure there's someone out there that loves monster features and can't wait to see it. And get this. So about ha- almost all the way near the bottom, about five rows down, is Unfinished Business with Vince Vaughn. <laughs> and how Vince Vaughn has worn out his shtick, I think. He needs to do something else, like True Detective, because no one cares about the fast-talking, fun guy anymore. He could have gone back to Jurassic World. He could have. He survived the second one. He sure did. I still think uh, Lost World is not that bad. Why do people hate that movie so much? I don't know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> asking, me. do you like that movie? It's all right. The, uh, I don't know. Just, uh, the story wasn't there for me. Yeah, but as T-Rex attacking San Diego, that's pretty awesome. Then go watch tech demos of dinosaurs fighting. I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be awesome. You trying to say a word? You trying to formulate a sentence there? Good job, buddy. Is that your car? Is that a monkey driving a race car? That's pretty cool. That's Good improbable. <laughs> you said <laughs> You know what? That monkey can, okay? <laughs> Uh, this is what we've been watching this week. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. What'd you watch this week, Brad? A lot of stuff. Did I talk about the ending of Enterprise last week? Did you talk about I don't think you talked about the ending. Okay. Um. I think you talked about that you are it. I was almost it. there. Yeah. Um, the ending's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a kind of a slap in the face that, uh, so the last episode is almost of a Next Generation episode, because mm-hmm. they take two characters Riker and Troy mm-hmm. and they do a flashback so he's trying to figure out Riker's trying to figure out some mystery and he's using the holodeck simulations of the Enterprise crew to solve the mystery mm-hmm. and so it's almost more of like the the crew that we just spent four years following like they're relegated to side characters in mm-hmm. the last episode of their series oh. uh, so that sucks I think the last thing you mentioned was that discovering data like the origin yeah, of data that's like the mid-season mm. episode uh yeah and then there's like uh, like the second to last episode is all about uh like uh, the guy who plays robocop peter weller mm-hmm. he's like this um guy who wants only hu- like earth for humans only stuff so he he initiates this plan to create this laser on the moon that like if all the aliens don't leave earth he'll start so dr stuff. evil's plan yeah, basically. <laughs> it wasn't a good episode. Um, and then there's, like, a Vulcan uh, human baby that, like, he's doing experiments on. Uh, but it's... Uh, they make it seem like it's uh, Trip and T'Pol's kid because uh, mm-hmm. they hooked up mm-hmm. uh, during the season. And then you find out it's, like, this ge- just genetic hybrid that they, he took, took DNA from and... So. so when Vulcans have sex, are they just really silent because they don't show any emotion? <laughs> uh, I don't know. They don't really go into it. They should have an R-rated when they do, well, they did Star it, they, Trek. Yeah, R-rated Star Trek. They, uh, called, called Vulcan fuck. When they, when they want to get it on, like it's usually because they go through this like stage called Ponfar, which mm-hmm. I think you saw in Star Trek 3. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's this caveat where they lose their uh, emotion inhibitor mm-hmm. and they just go all feral. So that's what happened to her too. Nice. So, 
So that means doggy style? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> All orifices. <laughs> <laughs> Ear fucking. Hey, Kellen. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't understand that yet. Uh, he comes home. So, yeah. Ew, it's... fuck. Ew, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you teach him? It's in a Star Trek episode. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Show him Star Trek. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of disappointing. That's how... That's a bummer because you're finally starting to get into the show. Yeah, if it finally has some awesome momentum and then just like... And they're like, eh, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and then to like not let them have the episode entirely to themselves. That's weird. Yeah. And they do things like uh, show like... The episode's actually 10 years in the future. Hi, I'm talking. He doesn't care. <laughs> I know. He's, uh, he's the, being cute. The episode takes place 10 years in the future, and like a character dies, and it's like, why would you even bother hmm. doing... I don't know. This wasn't... Yeah. That's weird. I don't like when shows don't give characters proper send-offs. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing in any show, because inevitably you're going to have people that don't like it, but you still should spend time with the characters you've developed and... Yeah, and it felt rushed too. Like he just. Do you think they canceled it too soon? Like they oh, maybe half sure. halfway through the season. Like, well, we're not bringing you back, so you got to write the end. Oh yeah, it, it totally feels like that. Mm. Like, like I said, they had tons of momentum mid season, and then all of a sudden, I'm sure they got the call like you're canceled. So they just wrote out the last episodes, and I there was actually this cool a two parter called the In a Mirror Darkly. Mm-hmm. In the two part episode, like they even changed the opening credits for it, where it's this. I know. I know. <laughs> Anyways, what? Anyway, so they, uh, the rest of the season, it felt like they were just trying to get all, all the cool ideas they wanted to do. And so there's this two-part right before that Terra Prime one where um, like they even changed the opening credits to where the whole two-parter exists in the mirror world. So everyone's like evil. Like, oh. All the characters are, all the good characters are evil. And basically everyone in the universe is bad in some way. And then they, uh, by the second episode, they, like, find the classic Enterprise from the original Star Trek, like, buried in an asteroid. Oh. They take it over. So they start wearing, like, all the original, like, oh, cool. Kirk green shirt costume and stuff and, like, skirts and things. And they have that uh, pastel, like, palette color stuff. Oh, really? On. Yeah. It was, it was That's really awesome. kind of fun. It's like, finally, they started being really creative with episodes like that. And then three episodes later, the series is over. He's only trying to talk when I talk. Maybe he doesn't like Star Trek. <laughs> well, this isn't about you. <laughs> this is about our fans. <laughs> How did that sound? Real I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, you asshole. I swipe my baby's germs on bread. Gross. <laughs> so gross. Uh, what else you watch this week, Brad? Fuck you. <laughs> um. He thought it was funny when you said "fuck you." I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna continue until he shuts up. Okay, what else you watch this week, Brad? I'll wait. No, go ahead, go. I'm not talking until he's done. He's not. He's he's a nine month old. He doesn't understand what you're trying to do. What else you watch this week, Brad? I can't talk. Like he's distracting. 
Cool. Um, David Cross made a movie called Hits. Yeah. Um, he released it. You can pay what you want to see it. What'd you pay? I paid nothing because it was on Netflix, but when oh. it came out in theaters, you could choose to pay mm. for it or not. Um, it's about this girl who really wants to be like one of those American Idol, like mm-hmm. overnight success things. She can't sing. Um, but she still believes in herself anyway. And so she's doing everything she can to <laughs> to. to get famous. And uh, so she's trying to get her demo done. And then her dad is like this guy who just wants to take care of a, pot co- a pothole in the street. So he's like fighting city council and everything. Is it written by David Cross? Yeah, written and directed. And uh, he goes to the town meeting and he like loses his shit on the councilwoman. And someone's videotaping it. So the YouTube video goes viral. Mm-hmm. And so he becomes really famous and his daughter can't stand it. Um, and then like this other guy in her class like he wants to be like a white rapper um he like he's really into her and he hangs out with her at this party in the park like this illegal party and uh she starts making out with this other guy and he's like he tries to interrupt and that guy starts picking on him and he eventually like makes a fool of himself like trying to rap but he can't like he's trying to like tear him down with his raps and eventually like his pants get ripped off and like the cops come and like beat him up and that goes viral <laughs> so he go he gets famous instead of her still um and overall it's just like it's dumb <laughs> <laughs> it's like a david cross movie like run Ronnie, run where it's just <laughs> silly yeah yeah pretty much uh in the finale like they're in like another council meeting and then like people are just trying to get in front of the camera to like show how <laughs> Like show their talent and stuff. And did you see? Have you seen David Cross on a Modern Family? No. It's funny. He plays this uh, city council councilman, and they're trying to get a stop sign put in on their street. And they interrupt his birthday, and he's supposed to have ice cream cake, but it's not ice cream cake. So he has all this, all these lines like, "Well, it's not ice cream cake, so I guess I don't have to eat it right now." What is your problem? <laughs> it's just like, and he keeps on showing up. He also breeds puggles, which is a, a dogs, pugs and poodles. Yeah, he's like just shows up randomly in episodes it's pretty funny as a councilman <laughs> i'll continue when you're finished i think your baby's spit is like burning my skin <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> feels feels acidic You know, there's people on Twitter that this is their favorite thing about our show now. Is really? This is what they want to hear? Yeah. Because I can just make, like, every week I can just post a loop of this shit. <laughs> what else you watch episode. this week, Brad? Uh, I kind of watched Hector in the Search for Happiness, which is Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. It seems like a really nice movie, but I just wasn't into it. Yeah. He's a psychiatrist who just kind of, like, is bored with life, so he tries to go on an adventure looking for happiness. Mm-hmm. And, um, spoilers, he finds it. <laughs> what? <laughs> but it takes a long time. And he has to, like, leave his wife for a while and go on these adventures. And um, I also watched Death Proof all the way through, finally. You've never seen it all the way through? No. I fell asleep in the theater. And uh, did I fall asleep in the theater? I think so. Either way, I've owned that Grindhouse Blu-ray where Mm -hmm. it's, like, the whole thing. Yeah. Both movies. And, yeah, never really got through Death Proof. And I finally did today. (laughs) That's awesome. And uh, that... The conversations the women have aren't as boring as they used to be, mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't even matter because that whole 
car chase, the second one, where, uh, what's her, Zoe Bell? Yeah. Like, I never really paid it, t- I don't know why I didn't appreciate it before, but just, like, shooting someone on the hood of a car with, like, no straps, trying to hang on, like, I can't even see the CGI, if there is any, like, it's, it's like, super intense. She's even hanging off the front at some point. She's <laughs> almost hanging off the front of the car with no restraints. You know, you can tell you'd never be an actor because you can, you know, you just have to tune this stuff out. You have to stay in character. I can't. Well, I'm a director, so I got to focus on the details all the time. <laughs> um, and then I watched all four Mission Impossible movies. Nice. Yeah. Uh, not in preparation to see uh, Rogue Nation, but just... Uh, um, because everybody should. Everyone should. It would probably be awesome. But uh, I just, I wanted to watch three again for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, <laughs> And then I was like, oh, I want to see uh, Michelle Monaghan naked again. So I watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> Lovely. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I did watch that, though. Um, and that was like... That was like a Ryan line. What? <laughs> that was yeah, like a Ryan line. sentiment, yeah. Uh, and that, the script for that's fantastic. Oh, it's yeah. uh, really clever, and Robert Downey Jr. is amazing in it. Like, And all the twists and turns they go through. Oh, my balls. <laughs> your son's grabbing your balls? No, he's pushing his tow truck right into him. Um, no, yeah, uh, I, I appreciate the first Mission Impossible more now than I did the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clever. Can you believe I had to watch that one and the second one on DVD? What? I'm so archaic. You are. You got, I, think you, I think you get the set for like twelve ninety nine. Yeah. The Mission Impossible quadrilogy. It's because I bought like one, two, and three as a DVD set, mm-hmm. and then I got three and four on Blu-ray, so I'm like, I don't like the box art to the first two individually, so... Mm. Any, anywho, um, but the second one's still boring. Yeah, it's all right. The thing I like about the Mission Impossible movies is they let... in that movie. <laughs> I, I know, right? I, I like that they uh, each director kind of makes it their own movie. Yeah. You know, they're not really tied to continuity. It's kind of just, oh, this is a spy thriller, and this is how this director wants to do it. Yeah. Um, and because Tom Cruise is the producer on that movie, he kind of just dictates what stuff... Because I was watching the social features, and he was saying, like, he wants each movie to be different. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the first one, they wanted it to be, like, a classic spy thing. In the second one, they wanted to make it more of a romantic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's all about that girl and stuff. And the, actually, the uh, the story is written by Ronald Moore and Brandon Braga, who were Star Trek veterans. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then, uh, yeah, three, three and four, way more fun. Oh, yeah. Three is awesome. Yeah. Although it's weird that, like, I totally forgot the fourth one. He goes through all that trouble to save her in three, mm-hmm. and then the fourth one, they're like, yeah, she died <laughs> at some point. But she didn't really die. What? Michelle Monaghan? Well, the actress didn't die, yeah. but... Yeah, the character. Remember at the end, he sees her at the... He watches her in the restaurant. In four? Yeah. I must have looked away for a second. Yeah, that's, he, he made up that lie about it. So oh. everyone thinks she's dead. To protect her? Yeah, to protect her. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, I wonder if what this uh, I thought, you, I thought you needed to pay attention to details, director. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the best director. I'm not Spielberg over here. Um, and what else? Uh, there's. I had other stuff to say about it, but. Oh, are you going to say something? Sorry, I interrupted. He's so cute. But yeah, Mission Impossible 4 is awesome. I can't wait for the new one. Yeah. Because one, it's Christopher McQuarrie, and he did, uh, you know, Jack Reacher, and Jack Reacher is awesome. So, oh, I haven't seen that, so I don't know. Oh, you should. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. 
Uh, this week I saw a few things. Watch, he's not going to say a word during your segment. Oh, uh, he will. Um, are you choking on something? Uh, the first thing I watched was um, the 1989 The Punisher with uh, Dolph Lundgren, and it is fucking horrible. Is it? Like, Dolph Lundgren is maybe the most uncharismatic Punisher of all time. <laughs> he, he has he sits there and he's, he's basically saying, Have a nice day. I'm depressed. I'm undertone. And that's how he is throughout the whole movie. They show his origin story like the 2004 one did? Yeah. And the, and the Warzone one, yeah. They all show it. <laughs> um, so being the, like, would you rather have Ray Stevenson? So, so yeah, so the, I was actually going to say that. So if I had to make the perfect Punisher movie, I would have the over-the-top violence of Warzone. I'd have Thomas Jane as the Punisher. And I'd have absolutely nothing from the 1989 version of the Punisher. <laughs> and it, he drives his motorcycle through the sewer so he can murder people, um, gang members. Uh, he doesn't really use a gun. He stabs people with a knife that has a skull on the top. And the only time he uses a gun, he goes into this casino and just, like, wastes the slot machines and stuff. And um, and I was reading, like, the one, it's only on DVD. And the DVD menu is maybe the worst DVD menu I've ever seen. How is that possible? Because it's, it's like, if I, I don't know how to do... How do you get worse than a picture with words? Okay, I will tell you. Click on. So let's say someone hired me to use Adobe Photoshop for the Punisher uh, DVD. And I've never used Photoshop before. Go ahead and make out with your son. <laughs> And all I know, how, and all I know how to do, is to take pictures from the movie and put them like really poorly edited onto like to make a like a collage of pictures from the movie and really bad font and made the DVD menu. Like you can see the the edges around the um, you can see the edges around each picture. Like that's how bad it is. It's bad. And Lou Lou Gossett Jr.'s in it, and he um. He tries to like act with Dolph Lundgren, and he's just not having it. There's a part where it's like I can't believe I signed up for this shit, <laughs> right? There's a part where he so Dolph Lundgren is supposed to be dead for five years because Frank Castle died in the car explosion that killed his family, but he's actually been you know moonlighting as the Punisher. So he uh, so he's finally captured by the police, and Lou Gossett Jr. was his uh, his former partner, and. So he gets him in jail, and Lou Gossett Jr., I'm not joking, is, like, acting his ass out. He's, he's saying, where have you been for five years? What the fuck happened to you? And then Dolph Lundgren is seriously looking like he's stoned. <laughs> and I don't, uh, know if they're trying, I don't know if they're trying to make it that he doesn't have any more emotions because his family's dead. And they go through this whole thing that, you know, his family was killed. And at the end, he has to team up with, like, the crime boss to take out the uh, Yakuza, or the Yakuza, whatever the fuck you say it, um... Japanese gang and uh, so he teams up with them and he says at the end I'm going to kill you and he the only reason he's teaming up is because the mob boss's son is kidnapped and they kid and he kidnaps Lou Gossett Jr. and he threatens to kill Lou Gossett Jr. unless uh, the Punisher helps him so at the end they save the kid they kill the Yakuza like mob boss and then they have a fight to the death in front of his son like and then the Punisher kills his dad <laughs> and i'm like that's exactly the why the punisher is the punisher is because his family was killed and then he just killed this guy's dad right in front of him and then the kid pulls picks up a gun and he says i'm gonna kill you and then uh the punisher kneels down and he puts a gun to his head, do it 
so then maybe when you get to my age, you won't like it anymore. What? Yeah. And then and then he doesn't. He just starts crying. And the kid is actually acting really well. And Dolph Lundgren gets up. He says, I'll be waiting for you when you're older. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking horrible. And then they have uh, – the DVD has production notes. And I was reading – and they said that they didn't choreograph any of the fights. It was all improvised. And you can tell because the fights are fucking horrible. <laughs> and the director, named Martin Goldblatt, is actually a super talented editor. He did Terminator 2, Alien. Um, he just, what did he just do recently? That's a really great movie. I don't know, but he also has done like Percy Jackson. I mean, he's done big movies. And he directed The Punisher. Guess what the last movie he directed was? The Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> and they have all these like weird close ups of weapon. Oh, it's horrible. I don't like it at all. And he, I don't know why he drives his mo- motorcycle around the sewers. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why he does it. So of the super, superhero movies you've watched so far, is this like the very bottom of the list? Ooh. It's pretty close. <laughs> and the thing is, is, you know, everyone points at like Howard the Duck and something. I actually thought Howard the Duck was kind of fun. Right? And so. I'd watch Howard the Duck over the Punisher. I would too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would too. Uh, yeah, so is meh. Um, what else did I fucking watch this week? I'm like totally drawing a blank now because the Punisher pissed me off so much. <laughs> oh, I, rage. I, 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 I was thinking if I should talk about this with James is around, but I'll talk about it anyways because somebody actually tweeted us and asked, uh, wanted my opinion on it. I saw Men, Women, and Children, mm. which is uh, the Jason Reitman film that he made last year uh, with Adam Sandler and Rosemary uh, DeWitt. I think that's her name. She's pretty. Um, but basically, the movie is an ensemble piece where they take what bad things that are on the internet and everybody's addiction to it. And so Adam Sandler's addicted to porn on the internet, and so is his son. But his son has trouble getting aroused unless it's like super, like over the top, you know, people bound together. And, um, and then there's Judy Greer, and her daughter is. She's exploiting her daughter as a model online, um, and they get all this um, fan mail from older men who, like, lust after her daughter. And then there's uh, the star football player. I forget the kid's name, but he's kind of like an up-and-coming young actor. And he he was a star football player, but he doesn't want to play anymore. Now he just plays, basically, World of Warcraft online. And so, you know, the the rest of his football team hate him and call him names and things like that. And it's actually a really interesting movie, and... Um, and it deals with relationships in a way that's really complex. And is the like Twitter pop up stuff like actually in the movie, yeah. or is that a trailer? Thing? No, it's in the, it's throughout the whole movie. Hmm. Um, in fact, there's a special feature on the Blu-ray that talks about how they integrated it into the movie. Um, and it's just, I think it's it's there because it's trying to tell you how inundated our uh, our lives are with this stuff. You know, we don't even think about it, but social media. Um, the internet, all that stuff affects us in daily life. And it's taking, you know, people's extreme versions of it and this little town and exploring everybody. I mean, JK Simmons is in it, but he doesn't really have a very big part. He's only in two scenes. Um, Lots of great actors are in it. And the movie is really moving and touching. And it makes you really think about uh, like the dangers out there. I mean, uh, I'm not, I don't care. I, I, I go on the internet wherever I want, but Someone who's a, a young girl and sees skinny people and she might have an eating disorder, how it can affect her. And, and they have all that stuff in here. And it's, it's really fascinating. And she just wants the, the boy to like her and um, how her family doesn't really pay attention to her. And 
they ignore her eating disorder. It's really kind of interesting. Um, hmm. And it's always great to see Adam Sandler play against type. In this one, he plays kind of like a sad sack, and he's always depressed. And him and his wife end up cheating on each other. Um, he gets an escort, and she goes to this website for married people that want to cheat. And uh, so he gets an escort, and she does it her way. And how he finds out and how he confronts her is really sad. Um, and it, it's without dialogue. Um, so it, it's really well done. And uh, Emma Thompson does the narration throughout it. There's a voiceover. Um, so if you want to see a different movie and one that's really complex emotionally, um, definitely check it out. It's um, I'm going to watch it again uh, just because I think I missed some character beats in it. And I, I, I enjoyed it. And I usually don't like movies like that too often. Um, but if they're well-made, I'll always enjoy them. Um, and I think Jason Reitman usually makes pretty good movies. Um, so, yeah, Men, Women, and Children, that's a fun one. Uh, the last thing I watched was a movie called Scarecrows, which is a 1988 action-horror movie hybrid. Uh, I've never seen it before, but I remember people talking about that it's actually a pretty good little low-budget action-horror movie. And so I was kind of excited to get it. And watching it, yeah, it's actually pretty good. It's about... This team of... Scarecrows? Uh, partly. Um, it's about a team of mercenaries that steal money in a plane. And one of their guys double-crosses them and he parachutes out of the plane. And where he parachutes to is this farm that's loaded with scarecrows. And these, uh, this, t- uh, this farm is, some- is something with it was supernaturally tied. They don't really explain it in the film. But the scarecrows actually come to life, and they like pull the or, like your insides out and stuff you with straw. So there's some really sweet like gore effects in it, and uh, the people when they die they come back to life as like possessed dead people. Um, it's it's there's some actually pretty scary moments in it. I think if they had a bigger budget and a little better acting, I think it'd be actually maybe a horror classic but the budget and the acting in it kind of holds it back you know you can see where the budget constraints are because where some of the gore effects are really awesome you know they always cut out just enough where you're oh man if they could show a little more i mean there's a a really sweet one where um they put a bag over this guy's head the scarecrows and they take these shears and they cut up his chest and it's like all the sound effects and then they take a they pull him out then they jam it in his head and blood just flies everywhere (laughs) Um, and the, I think the director did a really good job because he actually sets up the suspense really well. The scarecrows really, really don't show up until maybe a, a two thirds through the movie. Um, but the movie's only 82 minutes, so it, it zooms by super fast. Uh, but yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm going to watch it again with the commentary because I have a feeling the director's going to say they didn't have a very big budget and um, they tried to do what they could. But they did a really good job with the atmosphere. And if you want to see kind of an offbeat action horror film, I would definitely recommend Scarecrows. It's a Scream Factory, so it ha- it's loaded with special features, and they do a really good job restoring the film quality and um, stuff like that. And the reversible art on it's really cool. Um, you can choose. They have the theatrical poster, or they have the old VHS cover, and the VHS cover is the one I chose uh, to switch them because it's pretty cool. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So, definitely, if you, if you like horror from the 80s, I get it because it also mixes in kind of slasher films and blood and guts and... The only thing it's missing is titties. If it had the tits in it, really? Yeah. Slash movie? No. No. No nudity. But I don't know. I, I'm actually kind of glad it wouldn't fit in the film at all. I mean, I know a lot of horror films just have nudity because, but this one they're literally tracking down the guy who double crossed him, 
and then the scarecrows show up and kill them. So I don't know where they could have <laughs> nudity. But I was thinking there was going to be some because the plane they hijack is flown by a daughter and a her father, and the daughter's like the cute one. I'm like, oh, she's going to get naked, but she never did. So, well, the bodies they cut up, can't they? Like, can't some of them be I women? Guess they could. I guess yeah. they could rip the clothes off and just see some tits hanging out <laughs> <Just> <laughs> before they get eviscerated. <laughs> before they get eviscerated, you know, cap that off. Hmm. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's what I watched this week. Uh, speaking of your DVDs, did you uh, just give up on organizing them? Uh, <laughs> for now, I did. If you looked, I actually took your advice and I put all the paper ones up. Yeah. Um, I put all the plastic ones down there, and he still pulls them off. So yeah, I don't organize them because it will just drive me crazy. Yeah, I was like, yeah, South Park up there and South Park <laughs> down there, and yep, yep, it drives me crazy. It, like because I like things that are alphabetized and organized. I mean, no one can see it, and this is great podcasting, but. But my Blu-rays are organized by genre and then alphabetically, so that I can't do that with some of them. It drives me crazy, except for the bottom three shelves, is because my son pulls everything off of them. I was going to say, it's amazing he only focuses on the right one, because you've got plenty of paper ones on the left one. Yeah, but if you look, there's like a mixture of like sci-fi and horror, and yeah. some Disney are all like bunched together. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I didn't know what to put Hobo as a shotgun with the shotgun in. Is that a horror film or is that an action movie? Hmm, good question. So I put it with I would just horror. make an indie section. <laughs> no, I can't Actually, do that. I <laughs> do you? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I can have an indie section because I organize my stuff by genre. I don't alphabetize it, but I, if, I, it's it's by spine color and stuff. Yeah. See, but see, like if I do, you know, independent, I have horror films that are independent. That are also released by studios. Right. So, like, Friday the 13th is actually an independent film. So, how how crazy am I going to get? Well, I do have a separate horror section, but, mm-hmm. like, I do indie for, like, art indie. You oh, know? okay. Like, that makes sense. Yeah, like, Hobo with a Shotgun, Amelie, stuff like that. See, yeah. would I put Spring in that uh, art section? Probably. I would. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Spring? You should no. see it. Um, so, yeah. That's uh, I think like what we do in the shadows. Like I would yeah. put in the art one instead of would the you? horror. Yeah. Oh yeah, but would it be comedy though? See, it's a comedy. Yeah, gosh, <laughs> documentary. I can't wait till that comes out on Blu-ray. I want to watch it again. Yeah, it feels like a movie I need to see like three times. I'm so glad it's coming out on Blu-ray. Like, I know. I'm so bummed when I heard it was DVD. I know. I'm still thinking it might be a Best Buy exclusive. They haven't really announced. I haven't seen when they're announced where it's coming out on. I hate when they come with a cool logo for their title and then mm-hmm. uh, the distributor goes and changes it. I know something lame. Like uh, if you haven't seen the box art is on digitalbits.com, you can check it out. Oh, they change it. What they change it to? It's like pink and um, it's just a different font. Oh man, I love the poster where they're like all the vampires are like looking back on the yeah. And the DVD art, they're just like it's like yellow colored, but they're all just laying in the coffins like making weird faces. And then it has like a pink what we do in mm. the shadows. It's like some bulky font hmm. instead of like that gothic one they had in gold. <laughs> That movie's so funny. Yeah. No, you're eating worms. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dick turned into a snake. I'm out of here. Oh, man, Peter. He's really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a comic book you should read. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. I- I'm going old school. Um, I don't know if you should read it, but it, this one actually caught my eye because it's really racist. Um, it's Marvel Team-Up, Spider-Man and the Sons of Tiger. I don't remember. I think it's 42, something like that. But in it, the Sandman and the Enforcers are um, up to no good. And so Spider-Man needs the help of 
the Sons of Tiger. Now, when I say Sons of Tiger, who do you think they would be? Back up. Sandman and the Enforcers? Yeah. What are they enforcing? The Enforcers are bad guys from Spider-Man. I, that's just their name. So they, Montana. Got to, they got together and be like, we're going to enforce bad guy uh, rule? No, they, they want to kill Spider-Man. I'm just making fun of their name. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like the guys writing were just like, hey, we got to make another issue this week. Pick something that sounds cool. Well, that, it's Amazing Spider-Man 10 was their debut, so I'm sure it was something <laughs> like uh, 60s style. Um, yeah, so when I say Sons of Tiger, what do you what do you picture in your head? Um, a group of followers of martial arts. There you martial go. Arts. Hey, right on. Yeah. You got it. Uh, there's a, a white guy, a white girl, and a black guy, and one Asian guy. Um and so when Spider-Man gets in trouble, they hear commotion next door and they bust in. And one of the uh, enforcers, Big Man, calls one of the the sons of Tiger slant eyes. And I'm like, what? That's You're recommending this. <laughs> uh, I'm not recommending. I'm just saying it's a comic I read this week that was interesting. <laughs> um, oh, and it's not it. So... They call them slant eyes. And I said, wow. I guess the Comic Code Authority didn't allow vampires, but racism is totally cool. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and then the Sandman is talking, thought bubble-wise, and he said, oh, first I'm going to take out the black guy. What? 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 Why, why does he say the black guy? <laughs> why can't it just be? Well, because they always have to die first. On the, on the team, <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. It was just weird. I, I've never seen such blatant racism in a Spider-Man comic before in my life. And this is Amazing Spider-Man. The, uh, the Marvel flagship. team up. Okay, so it's like a... It's like before a Spectacular Spider-Man... Uh, no, it was like 200 issues. Oh. Before Spectacular Spider-Man came out, they had Marvel team up. And Marvel team up would be Spider-Man and Human Torch this week fight Doctor Doom. So it's basically just two heroes, Spider-Man and somebody else. And every once in a while it wasn't Spider-Man. But yeah, so it would be... And and the uh, the writer is uh, Len Wein, or Len Wein, who did I think he created Wolverine if I remember correctly, and he's really famous for his X Men run. So he's a really famous author and also extremely racist. Yeah. So um, I I was just shocked to read a Spider Man comic that was that racist. Nice. You um, should take a picture of that panel and post it. You know, I was going to, but the career I'm going to, I don't want to post that. <laughs> and then they do a search on my. Uh, Social media. Now you're worried about what you say on the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I don't care what I say on the podcast. I'm talking about stuff that I put on Facebook where there's, they can look it up. There's 200 episodes of your racism documented. Uh, I am not racist. <laughs> <laughs> your sexist, racist comments on here. Uh, yeah, it was just... Uh, they're going to cut them out and use them against you in court. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, they'd have to listen to, like, you know, 3,000 hours. Like, what is in context? <laughs> the horse... Raping joke is taken out of context. <laughs> they just play a clip. I like to rape horses. Um, so, yeah, if you want to pick up uh, racist Spider-Man comics, I recommend going to <laughs> Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Um, I don't know if there's any more of those there because Andrew got like a stack of Marvel team-ups. And I was like, dude, I want those because they're really cheap. And, um, yeah, that was in one of the stacks. They, he does have a really sweet uh, Tomb of Dracula, number one, though. I don't know if Tomb of Draculas are any good. I just love the covers because they're really gothic. And it's usually like a really big-breasted woman being like throat-bitten by Dracula. And I just love the art of it. It's really provocative. This week we went and saw <laughs> Jurassic World. Um, Brad, should people go see Jurassic World? I mean, they did anyway, apparently. So, 
<laughs> Why bother recommending it? Um, I thought it was okay. I uh, do you want me to tell more, or were you gonna? Oh, do you want to? That's all you want to say before we? Uh, when I say like it's okay, it's only because I feel like the main thing for me is they took the scripts from two and three and turned them into one movie. And I'll explain more after the trailer. Uh, I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, when I think of a summer movie, I think of a movie like this where. Uh, Maybe the stuff in between the action isn't the greatest, but the action is amazing. Um, so uh, Brad doesn't agree with me. Disagree. Uh, but here's uh, here's the trailer for Jurassic World. We have learned more in the past decade from genetics than a century of digging up bones. A whole new frontier has opened up. We have our first genetically modified hybrid. Just went and made a new dinosaur? Probably not a good idea. Almost 40 feet high. Really think she climbed out? Depends. On what? What kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab? Evacuate the island. She's a highly intelligent animal. She will kill. Anything that moves. Oh, God. Amazing action sequences, really? Yeah. Even after seeing Mad Max. Yeah. Hmm. They're two different types of movies. You can't compare them. Well, yeah. One, one was mostly made in a computer, and the other one was real people putting their life on the line. Yeah, and you also have a movie that takes itself like super seriously. But, right, the script, it's... Jurassic World is just the engine trying to get the dinosaurs again, which is the Lost World, and then uh, the kids being lost on their own, uh, needing to save them, is three. So... It's like someone said, you know those two movies that everyone hates? Let's combine the stories from both those, and then they'll like it. Uh, I'll kind of disagree with you on that. Uh, in the movie, uh, it takes place. Uh, Jurassic World now is a, leaving, a living, breathing. It's basically Walt Disney World. where It's a functioning park that functioning people park. have actually gotten bored with. Yeah, that people have gotten bored with. So uh, I'm sure it's in the trailer. I don't know which one you're going to play. But you know, they talk about how they're going to genetically modify dinosaurs to make them scarier and um, smarter or whatever they're going to do with them. And they make Indominus Rex and it outsmarts them and gets out and creates havoc in the park. It's pretty much a Jurassic Park film. Um, I think the film does a good job, though, of striking nostalgia with new stuff. Um, that's where I mean, because they do hit a lot of the beats where the kids are in danger and someone has to go save them. Um, but at the same time, I think. I didn't give a shit about those kids. Oh, who does? I, I they are so underwritten. I, I care about the dinosaurs. The one kid is always buried in his phone, and he's a little dick. And then the mm-hmm. other one's just like... Emotionally stunted. Yeah. <laughs> um, he crawled in his toy box. <laughs> that's fine, as long that's, as he stays quiet. That's funny. Um, yeah, and then they're perfectly capable of saving themselves, so... Um, Like, apparently they can repair an engine. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, see, the, the part, that's what I mean. Like, the parts in between. Uh, I, after all this time, I just wish they could f- 
come up with a, a new angle on well, they the, did. the story. I mean, uh, they want to make the, – they're training the raptors to go into war <laughs> and kill people. Again, it's, it's – Vincent D'Onofrio is like the most hilarious character, like the goofiest part of the story. It like, is. If you took out the whole engine and him – like the movie would still function just fine, <laughs> yeah. If not, maybe even better. It is not it, that he's a bad actor. No, no. It, Again, it's, I think it's just because they, it's getting people to the dinosaurs. I think that's what's the most important thing, because all the stuff in between is meh. I was so bored for like the first twenty minutes. I was like, where is the story even going? Because they they set up the kids are going to the park, mm-hmm. and then they like take you on the tour of the park basically, um, and then you like see all the stuff with the lab, and then the the new billionaire. I'm just like, when is it's, it's it's just all like set up and I'm just like, get to <laughs> how, like get to the arc of the whole story. Like what's, what's the new angle on this thing? And no, it's just, Hey, we made a new dinosaur and it got loose. And yeah, but th- there's part of me though, as, uh, the kid in me will never get old. I still think the, uh, it's super cool when Chris Pratt is riding a motorcycle and he's leading the Raptors hunting Indominus Rex. I think that's like so cool. Um, yeah, it could be cheesy, but I, there's something that's really cool about raptors running and hunting prey. And, of course, uh, I'm always the person – Jurassic Park 3 I don't think is that bad of a film. I think it's just – it's an all right movie. Uh, but I always hated how much of a bitch they made T-Rex in it. <laughs> I, I hated that, you know, Spinosaurus as they try to force this new dinosaur on me um, and that this dinosaur is the coolest dinosaur you've ever seen and it's way more deadly than T-Rex. Uh, when in the first film, I think Spielberg does such a great job making T-Rex scary. Mm-hmm. And then he not only does that, but I, he might even do a better job with making Velociraptors scary. Yeah. And I always love the scene in Jurassic Park. And this is why I love Spielberg as a filmmaker. Uh, he said this in Jaws, and where he said, uh, Peter Benchley, who wrote Jaws, uh, the original ending to the book Jaws is, the shark gets tangled in a net and drowns. And when Steven Spielberg got the script and that was in there, I said, that's boring. He said, I'm going to stick a, a tank in the shark, and you're going to shoot it, and it's going to explode. And Peter Benchley said, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. He said, well, if they believe that a shark is going to eat a bunch of people and is going to jump on this boat, they'll believe that that will explode. And you do. And I still think that with, um, with Jurassic Park is where the raptors are chasing them, and you don't know how T-Rex gets in there. Right. He gets in <laughs> there, and it's a way more exciting ending. The original ending was Dr. Grant like shot a gun, and the dinosaur bones killed the raptors. It doesn't make any sense how T-Rex got in there, but all it matters is it's a really fa- uh, like exciting ending. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about the ending in this film where um, she's uh, – I knew where they were going with it, but I still loved it because they said, we need more teeth. And so uh, Aunt Bryce Dallas <laughs> – I forget her character Oh, you're name. so close. Uh, Howard. Howard. Yeah. I forget her character name. Claire. Uh, she <laughs> she runs and – Claire. Are you stuck, buddy? <laughs> he took a dump in there. Um, but she grabbed the flare just like Dr. Malcolm and when she starts waving it and I see the T-Rex come I'm like, "Oh, fuck yeah." And the T-Rex comes in, and then there's a huge dinosaur fight. Like, to me, that's super exciting and super cool. The and fight was awesome, but it was so brief. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, here's the thing. I think the special effects in this movie are pretty fucking amazing. Really? The dinosaurs, yeah. I thought they worked at night. In the daytime, like... Mm-hmm. I'm talking, that's why he's Whoa. interrupting. 
No, so what was like Brad talking again? So Just what's uh, so what's the problem with him in the daytime? It just looked like the textures were really like smoothed over and didn't have like the same resolution as everything else on, on screen. On the dinos? On the dinos, yeah. I don't think so. I, th- I mean, the most glaring one was when the early on when the raptor in the raptor pen and that one mm-hmm. dude's like laying, leaning against the cage, and there's that raptor behind him. It just hmm. it just looked like it was pasted in there. I don't. It might I be an effect rem- of the 3D though. I, I don't remember, yeah. um, but I, I there's just moments in that movie that. But also at the same time, like so they keep a T Rex next to the visitor center. Fuck yeah, all the time. dude. <laughs> I would. I, that's all I'd want to see. Well, remember when the uh, the boys came in? It's actually uh, a huge like attraction you have to go through, like with the doors and stuff, and the science room. Uh, no, if like if you go to the left, you can see like the gate and everything for T Rex. Oh, uh, um, but Claire is able to outrun him, which is pretty impressive because <laughs> yeah. remember in the first in the first <laughs> Jurassic Park, it almost caught up to the jeep driving. Oh, it did yeah. catch up to the jeep. Because remember, it bashed its head on the side. But yeah. Claire was ready. Yeah. And she threw the flare on the Indominus Rex. Well, I'm oh, sure the, awesome. the T-Rex was just super tired from being in the dark. Yeah, the probably. Time. He's like, we're just waking up and yeah. Uh, That's why she was able to outrun him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was the only cool part. Like I was telling people, like this movie, to me this movie didn't have sequences that were as cool as like the raptors in the kitchen in the mm-hmm. first one or the T-Rex tearing apart the Explorer. Um, like the only cool thing was that for me was that fight, like mm-hmm. the stuff with the hamster balls running around, like in the Indominus destroying that isn't then it's the helicopters and the pteranodons just, it's just all like a big special effects demo mm-hmm. for me. I had fun with it. I thought it was a fun movie. I, I again, then, like it was almost more comedy too. Like there, I didn't feel like it had suspense, like all the cutaways to the, the IT guys. And like, mm-hmm. I know they're making commentary on these movies, it was funny, but it just seemed so out of place hmm. to me. And then the, the the two scientists, like Dr. Wu and the, the billionaire, like their whole scene where they're re-explaining the fact that they, oh, yeah, we modify these animals. It just, it just, it felt so forced. Yeah, I mean, there's so, the, actually the one scene I really had the problem with, and I mean, the other stuff I don't care. I still thought it was so fun, um, was when the two boys were on the monorail. And he's like, Mom and Dad are getting a divorce. And it's not that the kids are acting bad. It just seems really, really weird. Yeah. Like, out of place. Um, and that's maybe the only scene I had a problem with throughout the whole film. Other than that, I thought the movie was lots of fun. And um, Is it as good as Avengers or Mad Max? No. No. But, <laughs> but is, did I have fun watching it? Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching it. And I, okay. I like the, the nostalgia in it. Because um, at the end of the day, I love dinosaurs. And... Um, Two huge dinosaurs fighting is still super cool to me. That's uh, why I want to see it in 3D again because, like, this movie for me, it needs to feel like a theme park ride, mm-hmm. and it, I, I didn't, I didn't get that. Were the people talking taking you out of it too? Maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I saw I, I was saw enough of the conversations to realize like I wasn't really inter- mm-hmm. interested in the plot in this movie. Like, just making a dinosaur with like bigger claws and apparently camouflage mm-hmm. when it needs to. But it's smarter too. See how it lured Chris Pratt in the the cage, and that's how it got out. Someone was telling me that um, it didn't lure him in the cage. It, uh, but D'Onofrio's character let him out. I don't think so. I didn't see that either, but that's what I heard from other people. So I didn't get that. I got that it lured him in the cage with the scratches that it climbed over. Well, just because Chris Pratt said it, but um, like it the um. You know, it had the like the heat sensor or uh-huh. something. 
I, I think uh, D'Onofrio turned it off. So it was always in there, and then they misinterpreted the scratches as it trying to get out, when really the whole time... Well, remember, they got then they talked to Dr. Wu, he said that some frogs are able to camouflage their heat signature. Well, that was setting up the fight in the forest, I think. Well, we'll have to watch it again. Yeah. Um, this movie's all over the map. Like, there's yeah. tons of shit going on. And um, But Chris Pratt is really good. Yeah. I, I think... Uh, I think he'll be a good Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah, I. W- it was kind of on, I was kind of on the fence, like because they haven't picked an Indiana Jones yet. But now that this movie's opened with two hundred million, like he's got the part. <laughs> yeah, come on. So they're gonna give it to him. Yeah, and he already said he's. I think he's signing on for multiple Jurassic. Par- you know they're gonna make another Jurassic Park. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so where they go from now, I don't know. Well, I have no faith. Like after three movies with the same story, like. They just need some what if dinosaurs of... go to war <laughs> or space space <laughs> Jurassic space dinos in space I don't know I think there's <laughs> site three the moon <laughs> <laughs> like it, the park's not even the title so it doesn't have to be about the park like it could be mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the gigantic dinosaurs oh I think who was I talking to we were t- I think we we're saying like you could do a story where um like people keep compies as pets, so like there's like dinosaur pet stores and everything, and they like they modify. They just integrated into the whole world, natural world. And yeah, and they start using all that genetic technology to like make other creatures like for commercialism. Like, hey, we we want this kind of animal, so make it. So there's like this whole industry based on like weird, different colored dogs or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where they're gonna go next because remember, Doctor Wu got away. Yeah, and he took some samples with he has him. All the embryos. So, who knows? Yeah. Is it in a shaving cream thing? <laughs> Yesterday at work, uh, Jurassic Park was on, like, USA. So I put it on, and I was, like, just catching a glimpse of it. And I still love the Nedry scene at the beginning, where he's like, Dotson, Dotson, don't use my name. Dotson, we got Dotson here! Gee, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Knight, I think that's what this movie is missing. Yeah. Wayne Knight. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think you should go see it. It was lots of fun. And if you haven't seen it already, but judging by the box office numbers, I think most people have. Yeah. Um, next week, we're seeing Inside Out. Yep. Um, so stay tuned for that. Actually, I might not. I have to film, so. Okay. So me and James will see Inside Out, or maybe I just will. Yeah. And we'll see. I might be able to see it. Okay. Either way, Brad's always filming. Yep. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.